కంప్లీట్ వర్క్స్ ఆఫ్ స్వామి వివేకానంద ట్వంటీ ఎయిత్ సెషన్ ఆల్రెడీ వీ హ్యావ్ సీన్ ట్వంటీ సెవెన్ సెషన్స్ ఇన్ దిస్ టుడేస్ టాపిక్ ఈజ్ నాన్ అటాచ్మెంట్ ఈజ్ కంప్లీట్ సెల్ఫ్ ఎబ్నెగేషన్ ృభ్యో నమ హరి ఓం శ్రీ గణేషా నమ డాక్టర్ కృష్ణమూర్తి శాస్త్రి దంబే పునచ బంట్వాడ తాలూకు దక్షిణ కన్నడ జిల్లా కర్ణాటక భారత ఇండియా జస్ట్ యాజ్ ఎవ్రీ యాక్షన్ దాట్ ఎమినేట్స్ ఫ్రామ్ అస్ కమ్స్ బ్యాక్ టు అస్ యాజ్ రియాక్షన్ ఈవన్ సో అవర్ యాక్షన్స్ మే యాక్ట్ ఆన్ అదర్ పీపుల్ అండ్ దేర్స్ ఆన్ అస్ perhaps all of you have observed it as a fact that even uh, when persons do evil actions they become more and more evil and when they begin to do good they become stronger and stronger and learn to do good at all times this intensification of the influence of action cannot be explained on any other ground than that we can act and react upon each other to take an illustration from physical science when i am doing a certain action my mind may be said to be in a certain state of vibration all minds which are in similar circumstances will have the tendency to be affected by mind mind if there are different musical instruments tuned alike in one room all of you may have noticed that when one is struck the others have the tendency to vibrate so as to give the same note so all minds that have the same tension so to say will be equally affected by the same thought of course this influence of thought on mind will vary according to distance and other causes but the mind is always open to affection suppose i am doing an evil act my mind is in a certain state of vibration and all minds in the universe which are in a similar state have the possibility of being affected by the vibrations of my mind so when i am doing a good action my mind is in another is in another state of vibration and all minds similarly strung have the possibility of being affected by my mind and this power of mind upon mind is more or less according as the force of the tension is greater or less following this simile further it is quite possible that just as light waves may travel for millions of years before they reach any object so thought waves may also travel hundreds of years before they meet an object with which they vibrate in unison it is quite possible therefore that this atmosphere of ours is full of such thought pulsations both good and evil every thought projected from every brain goes on pulsating as it were until it meets a fit object that will receive it any mind which is open to receive some of these impulses will take them immediately so when a man is doing evil actions he has brought his mind to a certain state of tension and all the waves which correspond to that state of tension and which may be said to be already in the atmosphere will struggle to enter into his mind that is why an evil doer generally goes on doing more and more evil his actions become intensified such also will be the case with the doer of good he will open himself to all the good waves that are in the atmosphere and his good actions also will come become intensified 
we run therefore a twofold danger in doing evil first we open ourselves to all the evil influences surrounding us secondly we create evil which affects others maybe hundreds of years hence in doing evil we injure ourselves and others also in doing good we do good to ourselves and to others as well and like all other forces in man these forces of good and evil also gather strength from outside according to karma yoga this action the action one has done cannot be destroyed until it has borne its fruit no power in nature can stop it from yielding its results यथा धेनु सहस्रेशु वत्सो विंदति मातरम एवं पूर्वकृतम कर्म कर्तारम अनुगच्छति इधर इसे सेइंग दैट इज इन ए ग्रुप ऑफ मेनी काउस हाउ इट्स किड कैन आइडेंटिफाई एंड फॉलो its own mother in the same way the works uh, or the karma hmm, the any karma or work done by any person even though this world is full of such karmas his karma only can identify him and can follow him not others that is a theory karma yoga or karma uh, principle that is the principle of karma if i do an evil action i must suffer from it there is no power in this universe to stop or stay it similarly if i do a good action there is no power in the universe which can stop its bearing good results the cause must have its effect nothing can prevent or restrain this now comes a very fine and serious question about karma yoga namely that these actions of ours both good and evil are intimately connected with each other we cannot put a line of demarcation and say this action is entirely good and this action is entirely evil there is no action which does not bear good and evil fruits at the same times to take the nearest example i am talking to you and some of you perhaps think i am doing good and at the same time i am perhaps killing thousands of microbes in the atmosphere i am thus doing evil to something else when it is every uh, when it is very near to us and affects those we know we say that it is very good action if it affects them in a good manner for instance you may call my speaking to you very good but the microbes will not the microbes you do not see but yourselves you do see the way in which my talk affects you is obvious to you but how it affects the microbes is not so obvious and so if we analyze our evil actions also we may find that some good possibly results from them anywhere he who in good actions sees that there is something evil in it and in the midst of evil sees that there is something good in it somewhere has known the secret of work this is also said in gita karmanya karma yah pashyet akarmani cha karma yah but what follows from it that howsoever we may try 
there cannot be any action which is perfectly pure or any which is perfectly impure taking purity and impurity in the sense of injury and non injury we cannot breathe or live without injuring others and every bit of food we eat is taken away from the from another's mouth our very lives are crowding out other lives it may be men or animals or small microbes but someone or other of these we have to crowd out that being the cause uh, that being the case it naturally follows that perfection can never be attained by work we may work through all eternity but there will be no way out of this intricate maze you may work on and on and on there will be no end to this inevitable association of good and evil in this in the results of work the second point to consider is what is the end of work we find the vast majority of people in every country believing that there will be a time when this world will become perfect when there will be no disease no nor death nor unhappiness nor wickedness that's a very good idea a very good motive power to inspire and uplift the ignorant but if we think for a moment we shall find on the very face of it that it cannot be so how can it be seeing that good and evil are the obverse and reverse of the same coin how can you have good without evil at the same time what is meant by perfection a perfect life is a contradiction in terms life itself is a state of continuous struggle between ourselves and everything outside every moment we are fighting actually with the external nature and if we are defeated our life has to go it is for instance a continuous struggle for food and air if food or air fails we die life is not a simple and smoothly flowing thing but it is a compound effect this complex struggle between something inside and external world is what we call life so it is clear that when this struggle ceases there will be an end of life what is meant by ideal happiness is the cessation of this struggle but then life will cease for the struggle can only cease when life itself has ceased we have seen already that in helping the world we help ourselves the main effect of work done for others is to purify ourselves by means of the constant effort to do good to others we are trying to forget ourselves this forgetfulness of self is the one great lesson we have to learn in life man thinks foolishly that he can make himself happy and after years of struggle finds out at last that true happiness consists in killing selfishness and that one uh, no one can make him happy except himself every act of charity every thought of sympathy every action of help every good deed is taking so much of self importance away from our little selves and making us think of ourselves as the lowest and the least and therefore it is all good here we find that jnana bhakti and karma all come to one point the highest ideal is eternal and entire self abnegation where there is no i but all is though and whether he is conscious or unconscious of it karma yoga leads man to do that end a religious preacher may become horrified at the idea of an impersonal god he may insist on a personal god and wish to keep up his own identity and individuality whatever he may mean by that but his ideas of ethics if they are really good cannot 
but be based on the highest self abnegation abnegation it is the basis of all morality you may extend it to men or animals or angels it is the one basic idea the one fundamental principle running through all ethical systems you will find various classes of men in this world first there are the god men whose self abnegation is complete and who do only good to others even at the sacrifice of their own lives there are the highest these are the highest of men if there are a hundred of such in a country that country need never despair but they are unfortunately too few then there are the good men who do good to others so long as it does not injure themselves and there is a third class who to do good to themselves injure others it is said by a sanskrit poet that there is a fourth unnameable class of people who injure others merely for injury's sake just as there are at one pole of existence the highest good men who do good for the sake of doing good so at the other pole there are others who injure others just for the sake of the injury they do not gain anything here uh, thereby but it is their nature to do evil here are two sanskrit words the one is pravrutti which means revolving towards and the other is nivrutti which means revolving away the revolving towards is what we call the world the i and mine it includes all those things which are always enriching that me by wealth and money and power and name and fame and which are of a grasping nature always tending to accumulate everything in one center that center being myself that is the pravrutti the natural tendency of every human being taking everything from everywhere and heaping it around one center that center being man's own sweet self when this tendency begins to break when it is nivrutti or going away from then begin morality and religion both pravrutti and nivrutti are of nature of work the former is evil work and the later is good work this nivrutti is the fundamental basis of all morality and all religion and the very perfection of it is entire self abnegation readiness to sacrifice mind and body and everything for another being when a man has reached that state he has attained to the perfection of karma yoga this is the highest result of good works although a man has not studied a single system of philosophy although he does not believe in any god and never has believed although he has not prayed even once in his whole life if the simple power of good actions has brought him to that state where he is ready to give up his life and all else for others he has arrived at the same point to which the religious man will come through his prayers and the philosopher through his knowledge and so you may find that the philosopher the worker and the devotee all meet at one point that one point being self abnegation niswartha however much their systems of philosophy and religion may differ all mankind stand in reverence and awe before the man who is ready to sacrifice himself for others here it is not at all any question of creed or doctrine even men who are very much opposed to all religious ideas when they see one of these acts of complete self sacrifice feel that they must revere it respect it have you not seen even a most bigoted christian 
when he reads edwin arnold's light of asia stand in reverence of buddha who preached no god preached nothing but self sacrifice <coughs> the only thing is that the bigot does not know that his own end and aim in life is exactly the same as that of those from whom he differs the worshipper by keeping constantly before him the idea of god and a surrounding of good comes to the same point at last and says thy will be done and keeps nothing to himself that is self abnegation the philosopher with this knowledge sees that the seeming self is a delusion and easily gives it up it is self abnegation so karma bhakti and jnana all meet here and this is what was meant by all the great preachers of ancient times when they taught that god is not the world there is one thing which is the world and another which is god and this distinction is very true what they mean by world is selfishness unselfishness is god one may live on a throne in a golden palace and be perfectly unselfish like janaka and then he is in god another uh, that is king janaka another may live in a hut and wear rags and have nothing in the world yet he is if he is selfish he is intensely merged in the world like uh, most of the beggars in uh, present day life to come back to one of our main points we say that we cannot do good without at the same time doing some evil or do evil without doing some good knowing this how can we work there have therefore been sects in this world we have in an astoundingly preposterous preposterous way preached slow suicide as the only means to get out of the world because of because if a man lives he has to kill poor little animals and plants or do injury to something or someone so according to them the only way out of the world is to die the jains have preached this doctrine as their highest ideal this teaching seems to be very logical but the true solution is found in the gita it is a theory of non attachment anasakti to be attached to nothing while doing our work of life anasakti yoga know that you are separated entirely from the world though you are in the world and that whatever you may be doing in it you are not doing that for your own sake any action that you do for yourself will bring its effect to bear upon you if it is a good action you will have to take the good effect and if bad you will have to take the bad effect but any action that is not done for your own sake whatever it be will have no effect on you there is to be found a very expressive sentence in our scriptures embodying this idea even if he kill the whole universe or be himself killed he is neither the killer nor the killed naam hanti nahanyate when he knows that he is not acting for himself at all therefore karma yoga teaches do not give up the world live in the world imbibe its influence influences as much as you can but if it be for your own enjoyment's sake work not at all enjoyment should be should not be the goal first kill yourself and then take the whole world as yourself 
as the old christian used to say the old man must die this old man is the selfish idea that the whole world is made for our enjoyment foolish parents teach their children to pray o lord though has created this sun for me and this moon for me as if the lord has had nothing else to do than to create everything for these babies do not teach your children such nonsense then again there are people who are foolish in another way they teach us that all these animals were created for us to kill and eat and that, that this universe is for the enjoyment of men that is all foolishness a tiger may say man was created for me and pray oh lord how wicked are these men who do not come and place themselves before me to be eaten they are breaking your law if the world is created for us we are also created for the world that this world is created for our enjoyment is the most wicked idea that holds us down this world is not for our sake millions pass out of it every year the world does not feel it millions of others are supplied in their place just as much as the world is for us so we also are for the world to work properly therefore you have first to give up the idea of attachment secondly do not mix in the fray hold yourself as a witness and go on working sakshi bhava i am the witness only i am not the doer i am not the beneficent beneficiary my master used to say that is ram swami ramakrishna paramahamsa used to say look upon your children as a nurse does the nurse will take your baby and fondle it and play with it and behave towards it as gently as if it were her own child but as soon as you give her notice to quit from job she is ready to start off bag and baggage from the house everything in the shape of attachment is forgotten it will not give the ordinary nurse the least pang to leave your children leave your children and take up other children even so are you to be with all that you consider your own you are the nurse and if you believe in god believe that all these things which you consider yours are really his the greatest weakness often insinuates itself as the greatest good and strength it is a weakness to think that anyone is dependent on me and that i cannot do good to another i can do good to another it is a weakness to think that anyone is dependent on me and that i can do good to another this belief is the mother of all our attachment and through this attachment comes all our pain this belief is the mother of all our attachment and through this attachment comes all our pain we must inform our minds that no one in this universe depends upon us we must inform our minds that no one in this universe depends upon us not one beggar depends on our charity not one beggar depends on our charity not one soul on our kindness not one living thing on our help all are helped by helped on by nature and will be so helped even though millions of us were not here all are helped by uh, helped on by nature and will be so helped even though millions of us were not here the course of nature will not stop for such as you and me it is as already pointed out only a blessed privilege to you and to me that we are allowed in the way of helping others to educate ourselves this is a great lesson to learn in life 
and when we have learned it fully we shall never be unhappy we can go and mix without harm in society anywhere and everywhere you may have wives and husbands and regiments of servants and kingdoms to govern if only you act on the principle that the world is not for you and does not inevitably need you they can do you no harm this every uh, this very year some of your friends may have died is the world waiting without going on for them to come again is its current stopped no it is it goes on so drive out of your mind the idea that you have to do something for the world the world does not require any help from you it is sheer nonsense on the part of any man to think that he is born to help the world it is simply pride it is selfishness insinuating itself in the form of virtue when you have trained your mind and your nerves to realize this idea of the world's non dependence on you or on anybody there will then be no reaction in the form of pain resulting from work when you give something to a man and expect nothing do not even expect the man to be grateful his ingratitude will not tell upon you because you never expected anything never thought you had any right to anything in the way of a return you gave him what he deserved his own karma got it from him for him your karma made you the carrier thereof why should you be proud of having given away something you are the porter that carried the money or other kind of gift and the world deserved it by its own karma where is then the reason for pride in you there is nothing very great in what you give to the world when you have acquired the feeling of non attachment there will be then there will then be neither good nor evil for you it is only selfishness that causes the difference between good and evil it's a very hard thing to understand but you will come to learn in time that nothing in the universe has power over you until you allow it to exercise such a power nothing has power over the self of man until the self becomes a fool and loses independence so by non attachment you overcome and deny the power of anything to act upon you it is very easy to say that nothing has the right to act upon you until you allow it to do so but what is the true sign of man who really does not allow anything to work upon him who is neither happy nor unhappy when acted upon by the external world the sign is that good or ill fortune causes no change in his mind in all conditions he continues to remain the same there was a great sage in india called vyasa this vyasa is known as the author of the vedanta aphorisms and was a holy man his father had tried to become a very perfect man parashara and had failed his grandfather had also tried and failed that is shakti Shaktisan Parashara, Parasharasan Vyasa. His great-grandfather had similarly tried and failed. Hmm. Vasishtha. He himself did not succeed perfectly, Vyasa. But his son Shukha was born perfect. Vyasa taught his son wisdom. And after teaching him the knowledge of truth himself, he sent him to the court of King Janaka. He was a great king and was called Janaka Videha. 
Vidyaham is without a body. Although a king, he had entirely forgotten that he was a body. He felt that he was a spirit all the time. This body Shuka, ah, uh, this boy Shuka was sent to be taught by him. The king knew that Vyasa's son was coming to him to learn wisdom, so he made certain arrangements beforehand. And when the boy presented himself at the gates of the palace, the guards took no notice of his no notice of him whatsoever. They only gave him a seat, and he sat there for three days and nights. Nobody speaking to him, nobody asking him who he was and whence he was. He was the son of a very great sage. His father was honored by the whole country, and he himself was a most respectable person. Yet the low, vulgar guards of the palace would take no notice of him. After that, suddenly the ministers of the king and all the big officials came there and received him with the greatest honors. They conducted him in and uh, uh, showed him into splendid rooms, gave him the most. fragrant baths and wonderful dresses and for 8 days they kept him there in all kinds of luxury that solemnly serene face of shuka did not change even to the smallest extent by the change in the treatment accorded to him he was the same in the midst of his luxury luxury as when waiting at the door then he was brought before the king the king was on his throne music was playing and dancing and other uh, amusements were going on the king then gave him a cup of milk full to the brim and asked him to go seven times round the hall without spilling uh, without spilling even a drop the boy took the cup and proceeded in the midst of the music and attraction of the beautiful faces as desired by the king seven times did he go round and not a drop of milk was split spilt the boy's mind could not be attracted by anything in the world unless he allowed he allowed it to affect him and when he brought the cup to the king the king said to him what your father has taught you and what you have learned yourself i can only repeat you have known the truth go home thus the man that has practiced control over himself cannot be acted upon by anything outside there is no more slavery for him his mind has become free such a man alone is fit to live well in the world we generally find men holding two opinions regarding the world some are pessimists and say how horrible this world is how wicked some others are optimists and say how beautiful this world is how wonderful to those who have not controlled their own minds the world is either full of evil or at best a mixture of good and evil this very world will become to us an optimistic world when we become masters of our own minds nothing will then work upon us as good or evil we shall find everything to be in its proper place to be harmonious some men who begin by saying that the world is a hell often end by saying that it is a heaven when they succeed in the practice of self control If you are genuine karma yogis and wish to train ourselves to that attainment of this state, wherever we may begin, we are sure to end in perfect self-abnegation. And as soon as this seeming self has gone, the whole world 
which at first appears to us to be filled with the evil will appear to be heaven itself and full of blessedness blessedness its very atmosphere will be blessed every human face there there will be god such is the end and aim of karma yoga and such is its perfection in practical life our various yogas do not conflict with each other each of them leads us to the same goal and makes us perfect only each has to be strenuously practiced the whole secret is in practicing first you have to hear abhyasena to kaunteya vairagyena cha grihyate shravana manana nididhyasana first you have to hear then think and then practice this is true of every yoga you have first to listen about it and understand what it is and many things which you do not understand will be made clear to you by constant hearing and listening and thinking it is hard to understand everything at once the explanation of everything is after all in yourself no one was ever really taught by another each of us has to teach himself the external teacher offers only the suggestion which rouses the internal teacher to work to understand things then things will be made clearer to us by our own power of perception and thought and we shall realize them in our own souls and that realization will grow into the intense power of will first it is feeling then it becomes willing and out of that willing comes the tremendous force for work that will go through every vein and nerve and muscle until the whole mass of your body is changed into an instrument of the unselfish yoga of work and the desired result of perfect self abnegation and utter unselfishness is uh, duty attained this attainment does not depend on any dogma or doctrine or belief whether one is christian or jew or uh, gentile it does not matter are you unselfish that is the question if you are you will be perfect without reading a single religious book without going into a single church or temple each one of our yogas is fitted to make man perfect even without the help of the others because they have all the same goal in view the yogas of work of wisdom and of devotion that is karma yoga jnana yoga and bhakti yoga are all capable of serving as direct and independent means of a uh, means for the attainment of moksha fools alone say that work and philosophy are different not the learned the learned know that though apparently different from each other they at last lead to the same goal of human perfection so uh this is the 28th session in complete works of swami vivekananda so this ends this session to have seen today non attachment is complete self abnegation hare rama loka samasta sukhino bhavantu sarve jana sukhino bhavantu all will all shall all, let all get peace om tat sat